your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. His 2,000th career hit. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by St. Louis broadcaster Steve Savard here on 101 ESPN. Steve, what was your reaction last night as you watched Yadier Molina, a man that you have seen get plenty of hits, hit his 2,000th career hit? I thought it was great, but I thought his reaction, his interview that I saw with Dan McLaughlin after the game was told it all, how happy he was, and he appreciates. I think he's, he's as happy as we are that he's done it every one of them in a Cardinals uniform as it should be. And, uh, you know, I was one of those dumb guys that I, I knew when he was coming up, I knew that, uh, the reputation he had, but I was one of those guys. I, I knew what the Cardinals had in Mike Matheny and, you know, just to show you how fallible I am, I thought, no, nah, they had to hold on one more year. I thought they let Mike Matheny, I don't think this kid's ready for it. Well, as much respect as I had, as Mike would have and still have for Mike Matheny as a player, it was clearly the right decision. And, um, you know, it's just been it's been fun to watch a guy not only succeed in baseball, but to carry himself the way he does to represent his teammates and the organization and the city the way he has. All right, Savvy, the big conversation here that we have on the text line and, you know, at the end of the bar, this is happening all the time is is Yadier, Yadier Molina a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you know as well right. as I do, you know as well as I do, the conversation, sometimes it's split down the middle. Me personally, I think it's a no brainer. I do too, and I tell you what, I'm going to be consistent because uh, I think there are guys that transcend the game in one facet. And when you're so good defensively, um, the, the, the double-digit goal gloves, um, 2,000 hits, it's not 3,000, but very, you know, catching, catching, catching takes a toll. And there are very few guys who are equal to the task when they're that good defensively, catching uh, offensively. Ozzie Smith was one of those guys that transcended the game. Um, I think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think that sometimes when you're so good, and I think it's the, it's, I think it's the totality of who he is. I think it's obviously defensive prowess first, but he has hung in there and made himself a better hitter every year he's gotten, uh, every year he's continued in Major League Baseball, and his leadership. Let's don't discount that. The guy is a leader. So in totality, I think absolutely, yeah, I'm biased like most of us in St. Louis, but I think he deserves it first ballot. We're talking to Steve Savard, St. Louis broadcaster here on 101 ESPN. Steve, it's been a treat to watch both Yachty with what we saw last night and what he's been able to do all season and Adam Wainwright do what they've done this year. What's it been like for you as someone who's been around for these guys' careers? What's it been like for you to be able to see Wayno continue to pl- pitch the way that he has this season after he's been with this organization for 15 years as well? I remember his 
it was either 04 or 05. I think that uh, I remember having conversations in spring training and he was, you know, he was close to making the club and he was considered the next big thing coming up. And I remember him being very honest with the media and saying, I've got to make the team this year. It's just, it's a priority. I've got to stick with the big league club. And I think to myself, my God, how blessed have we been to watch this guy play pitch and lead by example. I, I think, Adam Wainwright is top five guys leading by example in my time covering sports in St. Louis. And, you know, I'll forever remember been great moments, but the 12 to six curveball that buckled Carlos Beltran's knees. I mean, if there's, if there's a signature moment in Adam Wainwright's career, it was that moment in 06, they got the Cardinals to the world series. So, um, you know, like Yadi, a class act, and the fact that they've been able to do it together is pretty special. We're talking to Steve Savard here on 101 ESPN. Steve, I'd love to kind of change gears a little bit with you because we have college football. The SEC is officially back starting tomorrow. And Mizzou, you know, they just have the easy uh, ho-hum game against Alabama <laughs> to kick things off yeah. tomorrow right. out in yeah. yeah, naturally. This is the way that you want to get things started under your new regime. Uh, what are your expectations? What are your hopes for Eli Drinkwitz? Obviously, tomorrow notwithstanding, a 27-and-a-half-point home underdog, you're not expected to win that game. But what are your hopes for Eli Drinkwitz as he gets things opened up and in his time at Mizzou? Well, you know, he's an offensive mind first and foremost, so I hope that he's able to recruit and sustain recruiting and, and find quarterbacks and skill players to keep it going in his in, in, in his scheme and i think that's what um the previous regime lacked this is you know in sports and particularly in college football it's the entertainment business you can't be boring on offense in this day and age it doesn't mean you're going to win conference championships just by playing offense i think the problem tomorrow for eli drinkwitz <laughs> is you just don't know what to expect when you haven't had a normal preseason to get ready for teams and your first game out of the box is Alabama, you know, to even compete with Alabama, you need to play close to a perfect game. And, you know, what you expect in your first game are penalties, you turnovers, they got to stay away from all that, or it's not going to be a very competitive game. But, you know, Alabama's in the same set of circumstances. They haven't had a normal lead up to their opening game either. So, um, let's don't put too much on tomorrow's outcome, but the big thing is I hope, I hope Eli Drinkwitz can, can sustain his recruiting and get the players that can match his scheme for a long time. I mean, I like the guy's attitude. I think he was a good hire. Um, he, he has the right kind of energy in my, in my opinion. He's done okay recruiting so far, but the long-term answer will be, can he sustain recruiting at a high level? Yeah, actually, that's where I was headed with my next question is, you know, Eli Drinkwitz has kind of come on. And I don't look at I'm honest. I don't know a whole lot about college football. I do pay attention to Mizzou. And when he came on, I thought his energy was infectious. And we've had him on the show a couple of times. And he's been he's been amazing to talk to. Uh, but he to my knowledge, his recruiting has been has been very good so far. What do you think he's got to do in order to maintain that good recruiting and even improve it? Like, what can he do as a coach? Because I'm still learning all this stuff. Well, it's just number one, you got to be able to compete. you got to win. And I don't think you necessarily have to win championships in this part of the country to get kids kids in the Midwest interested in playing in Mizzou. But you got to be competitive. You have to be competitive, and you have to put an interesting product on the field. I think he's kind of started a little bit similar to Gary Pinkle. When, you know, when Gary Pinkle took over – 
St. Louis was almost an afterthought. Larry Smith was not very active in recruiting St. Louis. Gary Pinkle made St. Louis and Kansas City and the state a priority. Gary came to St. Louis, I don't know how many times in that first offseason before his first game, and just made uh, making St. Louis and opening high schools back up to the idea of, of developing uh, a relationship and sending kids to Columbia down to Boone County um, a priority again. And it seems like, you know, Eli Drinkwitz and the staff have kind of done the same thing. So, you know, first and foremost, establish interest, establish contacts, and then go out and put a competitive product. And don't have the down kind of years when you, you know, when some of your skill guys graduate, have guys ready to step in and continue what you've done and continue the success you had. Because I think when you ebb and flow like that, like Mizzou has done recently, it's hard to keep interest in kids locally when they see other programs having more success and uh, having a more interesting product in the field, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. That St. Louis side of things with recruiting is what I wanted to ask you about, Steve, because, I mean, right now, if you look at what Drinkwitz has in his next class, he's already got five guys from the St. Louis area committed and then another from Washington, Missouri as well. Like you said, he's clearly made St. Louis a priority in his recruiting and your opinion, because I know you've you've been around this area for so long, you know a lot of these coaches that are in the high school ranks here in St. Louis. What do you think went wrong under the previous administration, the previous coaching staff at Mizzou that hindered their ability to recruit this area? And how can Drinkwitz maybe repair some of those relationships? I think, BK, I think it has to be, you have to be relentless in recruiting. I mean, I, this is one thing I've, I've had friends of mine who coach college football had one who's been a recruiting coordinator at several division one schools. It's, it's a tough, thankless job. It is difficult. It really is. And I think during COVID now it's made even more difficult, but you just have to be relentless and you have to continue to continue to fight to keep getting kids in St. Louis. And even if they're not the blue chip kids, I think sometimes you have to take some kids knowing that you're going to build relationships in the area. And I think Gary Pinkle did it the right way. I think the model is Gary Pinkle. You come in, you saturate the market, you keep talking about how important it is to have local kids and local support and those local ties. And I'm, by, by local, I mean statewide and really through the Midwest. And then you do a good job. You sprinkle in recruiting like Gary did so well in Texas and even down in southeast part of the country. Um, but you've got to make the backbone of your recruiting your backyard. Gary did it. His staff, including most notably Cornell Ford, they were relentless in this area. They never stopped. And I think that's the commitment that this coaching staff is going to have to have. All right, Sevi, I would be remiss not to ask you about a little bit of pro football here. <laughs> and uh, first two weeks in the NFL, uh, have you been watching much of it, first of all? Well, I've, I've been watching and paying attention. I mean, I, I I went out and played golf last Sunday instead of sitting at home watching. But, you know, I've caught the primetime games. I've caught the night games. So I've, 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 paid, I've paid attention. I'm, I'm uh, excited about what's going on in the desert with the Arizona Cardinals being two and zero? you know, I grew up guys in this, in this city, in this market. And the, the, the old big red were the guys that inspired me to want to play professional football. And that was my first love that team. And so now I'm kind of going back to my roots. I mean, I've become a big chiefs fan. I've always been an Andy Reid fan and you know, Mahomes is so exciting and what's going on over there. And I, I just respect the way the hunt family has been committed to Kansas City, that community. Wouldn't that be a great concept to have? (laughs) You know, know, and so I've become a Chiefs fan, but i got to tell you, I think Kyler Murray Murray is brilliant. I think it was a 
gutsy move by them to make him number one overall when people are saying, nah, he's not going to be that good. And then they go out and they trade for Hopkins, who's an absolute machine catching the football. And so, you know, I'm, these days I root for anybody in the NFC West besides the Rams. So I'm, decided to, I'm excited to see them 2-0. And um, that, that's, that's, the Cardinals have caught my eye. I mean, I, I knew they'd be pretty good and competitive, but so far it's really, really good. I think Kyler Murray, uh, Steve, is one <laughs> of the most enjoyable quarterbacks right now in the NFL to watch. And there's a, that, that is saying a lot because there are some really exciting young quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, you're, Watson, Lamar, Mahomes, as you mentioned, they're, they're ev- Dak, they're, they're everywhere right now. And I think you can put Kyler Murray right up there with the best of them. He's top five young quarterbacks. I don't think there's any question. I think the thing that we knew he's an athlete. I think he's been really judicious and smart about when to take off, when to run, don't expose himself. But when I watch him play, and and this includes last year, he was more developed than I expected him to be as a pocket passer. When he has to drop back, and it's a three- or five-step drop, and he's got to go through his routines and, and read his progression, and then deliver the ball accurately. I've been really impressed. And the other thing I think that he's been really good, a lot of young quarterbacks struggle when they have to ad-lib and they're on the run. A lot of them take their eyes off the receivers down the field. He seems to have a mindset of when he is escaping the pocket and when he's on the move, he's still trying to find a connection down the field somewhere. He'll take off if he has to. But he just, to me, he shows a tremendous amount of maturity for a young quarterback. All right, Sevy, last question for me is uh, how the dog's doing, bud? They're good. They're out raising one of our granddaughters is over, and she's swinging, and I got the two Akitas going barking at each other and putting on a show for their little <laughs> granddaughter. So they're competing. They're getting older, Jamie. Jack's now 11, Reagan's 8, and they're slowing down a little bit. But um, you've had Akitas. I'm a dog guy, always have been. I was fortunate that my parents grew, allowed us to grow up with dogs. And I will tell you that Akita is a special breed. Yeah, I agree. I, we've had nothing but Akitas. And uh, we went and, uh, well, we added a second one to the to the River Circus again. He's nine months old. and uh, Nice. Oh, my God. he is He's a riot. He's got a lot of energy. And he's, by far, he's the best guard dog we've had instinctually. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, there's a fly that goes by the front window. And, like, he's up and, like, investigating. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious. Which, which, which is which 24/7 can be a blessing and you know a curse. I exactly. Mean, but yeah, my my girl Reagan is more the watchdog. Jack is the chilled. He just kind of uh, he, he just he can give he, he can kind of give off looks and and, and discourage people just by coming to the door <laughs> yeah. and looking into the glass. But Reagan's the one that goes crazy. She's the she is the. Uh, She's the devil of the two. Oh, man. Well, they, they're awesome dogs. We've had kids and those dogs the whole time, and they're f- just phenomenal for families. My Shih Tzu Maltese mix has a <laughs> – she is the real guard dog here. She's the one that's making sure that the neighbors don't come anywhere near our yard, Steve. BK, pound for pound. Pound for pound, she's the MVP. (laughs) That's right. That's right. He's Steve Savard, a St. Louis broadcasting legend. We always appreciate his time here on 101 ESPN. Steve, all the best to you and your family, man. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend yourselves. You bet. That's Steve Savard joining us here on 101 ESPN.